happy Resurrection Day. I'm glad that uh, you're here. I'm glad each one of you are here. It's a special day. It is a beautiful day. And uh, I, I want to say, first of all, that each one of you, I believe, and God's Word teaches that each one of you is important in God's sight. Each and every person here, each one of you is important. And, you know, what we're talking about today, the cross and the resurrection, that was specifically for each one of us, each one of you. You need to make that personal, that God has done this for you. God loves you personally, especially. This is our, our first uh, Easter here at Green Meadow. Yeah? Is that good? Okay. Our very first Easter here, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. You know, we have new carpet. Did you, did you see the new carpet? Does it look good or what? It's awesome. Thanks to Greg and others, who, especially Greg and his son and his wife, who helped put this all in there. These guys worked really hard. The new paint, we got a new paint, we got a new ceiling. We still got some nice touches that we're going to be putting in here. But, you know, it, that's really what it's all about, is the building. No. Right? No. That's really why we serve and why we support this ministry, and so that we can have a building. God help us. It's really all about new life, though, isn't it? And that's what we celebrate today. Today is the day that we remember that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We looked on Friday. We talked about Good Friday, that it's God's Friday when he gave his son and, and he gave his life. He was crucified. He died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, and then he was raised on the third day, it says according to the scriptures. And this is what sets him apart from any other. This is what sets Christianity apart from any other religion, is that Jesus Christ, he was crucified for us, but he rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And these are the facts. These are the facts. And these are, you know, we've read the eyewitness accounts in lots of different places. These people who saw him, you read in 1 Corinthians 15, the, you know, different individuals and then the different groups, and they saw him. They saw him alive. They touched him. They spent time with him. Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he was alive. He is alive today. I want you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, our text for this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. I want to look at the fruit. I want to, I want to think for a few minutes this morning, and I won't keep you here long because uh, Bob says we all have a bunch of tension that we need to go face. And, uh, you know, not only face our fears, we've got to face the tension. We've invited some people over, too, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know what is going to happen now that Bob said that. But uh, it, it is true, though, isn't it? Sometimes we spend time with our families, and there's just stuff that goes on, and families is families is families. And, but we can, we can bring the cross and the resurrection in with us, can't we? Isn't that what it's all about, to bring that life and that hope. And that's what I want to focus on today, the life and the hope that we have. And Bob, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to pick on you. It says in verse 3 here, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, we see the facts, but there's fruit that comes out of this resurrection. It's not just that, oh, that's just a holiday and we just celebrate and, and he rose from the dead and that's cool and everything. 
But what comes out of it and what does it mean and, and how does it affect us and how does it affect the human race? That's the question. That's what we're talking about this morning. It says here we talk about new birth. This new birth, and, and, and in this new birth we see life. And then he, he talks about a living hope. And he says this is all through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. All through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I was thinking about this and, and thinking about the, the, this verse. And, and you know, when you, when you consider the resurrection, I, I, I just truly believe that it shouts life. When you look at it and when you think about it, this resurrection, Jesus Christ defeating death, coming back to life, it shouts life. But it also shouts hope. Life and hope. It's where death was defeated. It says in Acts 2, and he's quoting, he says, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Said he he was freed from the agony of death. Death couldn't keep him down. But I want to stop and think about this idea of death for a minute because, you know, of, of all the things that we face in life, of all the things that we struggle with, of all the things that are that are hard and difficult, and then the, even the good things, there's there's one enemy that is, is is bigger than all of them, and that enemy is death. That enemy is death. It's final, it's forever. It's something that we can't get away from. Death. But I want to say to you this morning, and I was thinking about the scriptures, that the Bible is really all about the eternal issues. The Bible is about these huge questions, these big questions. And over and over again, the Bible talks about these things. It isn't just about how you're going to pay your mortgage this month which that's important. God cares about those things too, does he not? He cares about how we're going to make it from one day to the next. But there's bigger questions than, than all that, isn't there? There are bigger questions. And the Bible talks about them over and over again. The word forever, for example, the word forever is found 290 times in the Bible. The word forever, 290 times. What does that tell us? That there's something more than just this life. There's something more than just this, you know, meager, short, really, existence. Forever is longer than just, you know, what is it, 60 years or 70 if you get an extra 10 or maybe 80. Some of you, you know, are getting up there. I'm, 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 I'm close to 40 now, and, you know, and I, I'm starting to feel it. Serious. He says it, it mentions the word forever 290 times. I want to know about forever. It mentions the word eternal 81 times and the two words together, eternal life, 42 times. If it, if it uses these words over and over and the principle of biblical interpretation is that when you see things repeated over and over, what? Important. They're important. And pay attention. It's not just one little subject. Over and over again, the Bible says, have you thought about eternity? Have you thought about what's beyond this life? Have you thought that, that forever isn't just, you know, our short little lives? Jesus said in John chapter 5, he said this, I tell you the truth, that whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. 
and will not be condemned. He says he has crossed over from death to life. He's crossed over those that would hear Jesus' word and believe him who sent him. Believe in the Father. Believe in, in him sending his son, Jesus Christ. We cross over out of this realm of death, he says, into life. From death into life, there's a crossing over. There's a change that takes place, right? There's something that happens there. He, he makes it clear. It isn't, you don't just sort of gradually do it. He says there's a change that takes place from crossing over from death to life. The Bible says that we are like born in sin. And, and sin, the, the wages of sin is what? Is death. And so we're all, the whole human race is caught in this thing of death. Again, the biggest enemy is death. But he says that when you trust in Jesus Christ, you cross over. There's something happens. And this is what Peter says here. Remember we talked about Peter last week. We talked about, you know, Jesus calling the disciples. And what did he say to them? Anybody remember? Two words. Follow me, he says. Follow me. And Peter was one of those guys, this fisherman. And, and you know, he, he was kind of a, a pretty rough guy. And, and you, you know, you, you all know about his personality and everything. But then he writes words like this, and you go, something radical happened in the life of Peter that this fisherman could now be writing words like this. What happened? Jesus Christ, the cross and the resurrection is what happened to him. Someone said that the resurrection made all new in Peter's life and turned tragedy into triumph. Got a hold of this guy's life and turned it around. The cross and the resurrection... What does he say? Let's read it again here, verse 3. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The first thing he mentions, and again, I just want to hit those two points, this idea of new birth or life and hope, living hope. But he says that He gave him new birth, new birth. New life. In other words, a brand new life, a brand new start, a brand new day dawned for him. Something happened. You know, this idea of new birth, and again, uh, you know, people hear the words new birth, and what do they think of? Babies, yeah. What else? Born again. They think of born again and think, oh, they're one of those born agains, you know? Oh, uh, 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 I've had people ask me, so what's your church like? Are you like the born-agains? Born Are you some of those born-agains? Like, what is that? <laughs> well, yes. I'm, uh, you know, I'm happy to say that I've been born again. I've been born anew. I've had a second birth, a new birth, because apart from that, there's no life. Unless you're born again, Jesus says you won't see the kingdom of God and you certainly will not enter it unless you are born again because dead people don't get in to the kingdom of God. Only life people will be there. Only life is there. There's no death there in the kingdom of God, you see. These big questions, though, death and life and heaven and hell... And, and the eternity of all these things. And, and, and the Bible does teach that, uh, that apart from Jesus Christ that we are dead, but it, that it's an eternal death as well. Let's not forget about that. But he says that, that, that he has given us by his great mercy a new birth through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
John, in John chapter 3, you all know these verses. Let me read to you again because I just mentioned them. But Jesus was speaking to Nicodemus. What did he say? I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. How are you going to be born again? Are you going to like go through that whole process again? You're full, you know, you're fully grown and all that. And Jesus answered, he said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Born of water and the spirit. That born of water is the natural birth and and born of flesh. We're all born of flesh or we wouldn't be here today. But he says that there's something else, Nicodemus, and, and he says that to you and to me, and Peter's talking about it here, that there's another birth that, ta- that has to take place, and it's a, a spiritual birth that takes place within our very spirits, within the very heart of man. Made possible, he says here, by the resurrection. And so I want to ask you today, and, 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 and do you know that you have been born again? If somebody says, are you one of those born again? You say, no, I'm, I'm just a church person. Well, do you, do you know that you've been born again? Do you have that new life within you? Have, you? have you experienced the new birth? Have you entered in? Have you been born from above? Has the Spirit of God done a work in your heart and your life? Because if you haven't, if that hasn't happened, then, then you have no life and you have no hope. Every one of us needs to ask these big questions, the, the big questions of life, the big questions of life and death. He says it's made possible by the resurrection. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If there's no resurrection, Paul talks about it, there's no life. If there's no life, there's no hope. Paul said, if the dead are not raised, in 1 Corinthians 15, let us eat and drink, what? For tomorrow we what? We die. For tomorrow we die. If there's no resurrection, it's just all we have to face is death. That's all there is. That's all there is. That's all we have to look forward to. But Peter says here, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul also said this, that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Has there been a change? Have you crossed over from death to life? Many of you here, I know that you've been following Jesus and and like Peter, he knew what he was talking about. Something happened in his heart and life and you know it's happened in your heart and life too. And that's awesome, but maybe some of you aren't sure. Maybe, Maybe some of you don't know. Today is a good day to think about this. Today is a good day to make a decision to hear the word of Jesus Christ and believe in him, trust in him. If anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The second thing that he talks about here in this verse, and, and the first thing is this new birth, this new life. But this new birth, it says, is, is into what? A living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You know, when you, when you, when you just look around this world today, and, and things are happening in our world today, are they not? And I think if you look at it from a, just a, a, a human, humanistic viewpoint, hope is in kind of short supply. There's not a lot of hope around. 
Hope is in kind of short supply, but here he says that, that we've been given a new birth into a living hope and, and something is different. It's different than just kind of this hope, kind of wishful thinking. And I want to explain to you that the, when the Bible talks about hope, it's, it's very different from that. It's more, of a, it's more of an expectation, a confident expectation. When the Bible says hope, we live in hope. It's confident expectation that our great hope is in Jesus Christ and the, the hope of eternal life and the hope of the future. And again, we, we kind of have to adjust our thinking because we think, well, maybe it'll happen. I, I hope that, you know, when I get home, I'll have something to eat. I hope that I, we don't have a fight when we get there. And I hope, and maybe, you know... But the Bible, it's not like that. It's based on God's Word. It's based on... on the scripture and, and, and the, the, the scripture says that we have the hope and the promise of eternal life. We have the hope of eternity. It's not based on how we feel. That's the, the, the human hope. The scripture in Ephesians, it says this, without hope and without God in the world are those that, that are without Christ, without hope and without God in the world. Job says, what hope has the godless? when he's cut off, when God takes away his life. What hope is there without Jesus Christ? What hope is there in our relationships without the help of Jesus Christ? You know, we, we, we talk with people about marriage and, and, and so many times, and, I, and I've said it over and over again, that without Jesus Christ in our lives, how, how could we stay married? How could we go on? How, how could we carry on in this life? Honestly, I've been, uh, you know, I, I am getting older. I, I, I'm almost 30. I, I, I lied before. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, I, I, I kind of thought, and I'll just be honest with you, I kind of thought that things would get easier, you know? You walk with Jesus. Uh, you know, I became a believer in 1976, and, and, and the longer you walk with Jesus, just the easier it gets, I kind of thought that. How many of you think that? Any of you? Like, or maybe that's your hope, your wishful thinking. That's what I want to say about that. You know, walking with Jesus, you know, the, the battles don't ever stop. And, and I, what, I, what I'm finding is that even, even the flesh, as it gets older and older, gets tireder and weaker and, and starts to break down and you just face different kinds of battles. And so, why am I saying that? I have no idea. <laughs> the, the, the point just kind of flew out of my head. No. <laughs> the, point, the point is this, that, that it doesn't get any easier, but the hope is constant. The, the hope is firm and secure. I love that verse, and I wrote it down. I looked it up again this morning in Hebrews 6, verse 19. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. No matter if our bodies are breaking down and we're facing, you know, sickness and illness and we're all facing that physical death or the economy has fallen apart or no matter what, the, the relationships and, and with children and with parents and all the kinds of things that we face in this life, he says we have this hope. Our hope in God, it says, is an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. Hope. 
living hope because of the Savior who defeated, conquered death. Paul said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. See, he started it. He began it. He rose from the dead never to die again. There were others that were, that were resurrected, right, like Lazarus and others, but they all died again. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, conquering death, never to die again. Never to die again. I like what I read. Uh, Matthew Henry says this. He says it's a lively hope. And, and I'm challenged by these words too. The King James Version says a lively hope. It says we're born again, we're, we've got this new birth into a living hope through the resur- resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, but, but so often people look at us and, and do they see us as any more hopeful than anybody else? I was challenged by this. How often am I? I'm walking around in the glumness of the world and, and the defeat of the world around me because, I, because I'm not really walking in the hope that he has for me. But he says... He says it's a lively hope, a living, a strong and quickening and durable hope as that hope must be that has such a a solid foundation as the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope, this hope we have, this live, living, lively hope is based upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's got that foundation. It's not based on whether the stars are going to line up, whether, you know, the company we work for is still going to be there this next month. It's based on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ rising from the dead. He says the hope of eternal life in a true Christian is a hope that keeps him alive, that quickens him, supports him and conducts him to heaven. Hope invigorates and spirits up the soul to action, to patience, to fortitude and perseverance to the end. This hope is what keeps us going, in other words. This hope, this living hope. This hope that we have as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Someone else said this, that our new life originates in the fact of Jesus' resurrection. It receives all its characteristics from that fact. It is life out of death. It is life that's stronger than death. It is life that can no longer be undone by death. That's why they call it living hope. Living hope, live hope, lively hope that should affect the way we live. That doesn't mean we're always going to be running around, dancing, you know, uh, excited the whole of our lives. But deep within our spirits, there's something that's called living hope. And that's what we got to hold on to. That's what's going to keep us strong and secure going through all the trials of this life until we get to the end and we see the fruit and we see Jesus Christ face to face. This new life, this spiritual birth, do you have it? This hope, have you got any kind of hope deep inside of you? This hope that's alive, that's certain, that's secure. I quoted last week, you know, John 6, 66, where those that, you know, they, 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 they didn't get it. And they, they, it says they turned and they, they walked away. They wouldn't follow Jesus any longer. And, and Jesus says, what about you? And Peter, again, he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You have the answers. You have the answers to the big questions. You have the answer to the hope of of what is beyond this life, eternity, forever. 
Jesus said, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise Him up at the last day, the resurrection of us as well, our bodies. John said this as well in 1 John. He said, This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, And this life is where? In His Son. He who has the Son has life. He does not have the Son of God, does not have life. Either we have Jesus or we don't. Either we've been born again or we don't. And if somebody asks you that, and then they tell you, well, I'm a Christian too, you need to explain them to them that unless you are born again, that you're not a Christian, the only way to be a Christian is if you are born again. The only way to be born again is to have Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life. He who has the Son has life. That's what Peter said, too. A new birth, new life, living hope. He said, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Paul said in Romans, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Got to have the resurrection. Without the resurrection, we got nothing. I heard someone on the radio said, you know, without the resurrection, we're following a dead hero. But we're not following a dead hero. We're following a live Savior. And his name is Jesus. Let me read to you this quote. We're going to pray together. It says, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is our hope today. It is our assurance that we have a living Savior to help us live as we should now and that when, in the end, we set forth on that last great journey, we shall not travel an uncharted course, but rather we shall go on a planned voyage, life to death to eternal living. The course is set for you and I that believe in Jesus Christ who believe in Him and believe that God raised him from the dead. That's where we find that new birth. That's where we find the hope, the hope that's going to get us through. Life and hope. Have you got it? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're like me, and and you've been a believer for many, many, many years, but you feel kind of hopeless. Maybe that hope's just kind of waning and, and, and you're kind of looking maybe in the wrong places to find that, that hope, the living hope. Maybe today is a day to kind of reconnect and to recommit your life to following Jesus Christ, knowing that he's the hope, he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. We're going to pray right now and, and, and I, I just want to give you an opportunity. And, and, and when we pray, perhaps that's you. Maybe you've never received Jesus Christ into your life today. As we're praying, I, I, I'm just going to ask you to stand up while we're praying. Maybe you need to be recommitted to your, to your relationship with, with God and you need to know hope like you, like you perhaps have never known hope. You need a revival of hope. I want you to stand while we're praying and, 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 and show the Lord that, that you are serious and you want him to do a work in your life today. Let's pray together, shall we? Again, if this is you, I want you just to stand right where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that. I just want you to stand where you are. If you are feeling that God, you want God to do something special in your life today, either to receive Him 
or to be revived in the hope that he has. Dear Father in heaven, I come before you this morning and I, and I lift up these people and I lift myself up before you and, and God, I, and I am reminded of the cross where my sins were nailed. All the sins, uh, past, present, and future, were nailed as I trust in Jesus Christ. Where the, Jesus, you were buried, and, 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 but you, death could not keep you in that grave. And so, Jesus, we come and we, we look again. We hear Peter's words, Peter whose life was, was completely, radically changed. This simple fisherman became someone who led thousands to know the Savior Jesus, to the new birth, to a living hope. We come before you this morning, Lord. We come before you and we ask God that you would reach into our hearts. You know what's there. You know what's not there. God, we, 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 we humble ourselves before you. We're serious about this. And if any of you feel that calling, stand up simply right where, where you are right now, right here today, Easter 2009. Commit yourself completely and totally to him. Our dear, gracious Heavenly Father, have your way, Lord. Spirit of God, move within us. That spirit gives birth to spirit. That spirit renews us. The spirit, your spirit, O oh God, gives us the hope. It's not our flesh. It's not the world. It's not the enemy, certainly. But it's your gracious, loving spirit within us. God, we pray simply this morning, God, here am I. Here am I. Work in me, Lord, and, and we also pray that you'd send us, Lord. Send us to those Easter tables today, Lord, with hope, with life, with truth. Keep us humble, Lord, as well. Our gracious Heavenly Father, let's all stand together, please, as we continue to pray. Our gracious Father, Peter said, praise you. We praise you together for your great love, your great mercy, for all that you've done, for all that you're doing, and for all that you will do. And, and we also hold on to that hope, the anchor for our souls, firm and secure, that will usher us to heaven, to eternity, where we'll live with you and reign with you and see your face worshiping you forever and forever. In Jesus' name we pray.